Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Hey, you're looking good. Welcome to LifePoint Church. My name is Elmer Cañas Jr., and I have the privilege of serving as your worship and experienced pastor. And I want to say a huge welcome to all of you that are visiting us for the first time, or it's your first time back in a while. Thank you for taking the time and being here with us on, uh, you know, it's a holiday weekend, and we're so glad that you guys are joining us today. Also, Pastor Jerry already mentioned it. For those of you on our online campus, we're so glad that you guys are tuning in. And Pastor Christian, our online hosts, are there to serve you. So if you have any questions and you want to connect with us, they're there to serve you as well. And uh, I would love for everyone in the room, can we just give it up right now and welcome our Austin P family as they're joining us via video right now. Come on. Come on. Hey, we're so glad that you guys are a part of what we do, that we get to do this. And I have the privilege of, of going to Austin P about once or twice a month and serving with you guys there. And thank you for what you do at Austin P. And we're believing and praying that lives will be changed, that students will come to Jesus because of your commitment to our Austin P campus. Amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord one more time. Amen. And it's first Sunday at Austin P2, so you guys are going to enjoy a great meal and a good time of connection after the service. And you guys will celebrate baptisms just like we will here at Rossview. Amen. Uh, just by a show of hands, how many people in the room have been baptized already? Come on. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's a lot of hands. And I, I do that not to intimidate those of you that have not been baptized yet. But I want to encourage you that, that you can see that we're a body of believers that we're a community of faith, and we just want to encourage you, if you've not been baptized yet, today is your opportunity. So we want to encourage you. We have everything you need. We have extra clothes. We have towels. We have, no, we ran out of extra wigs, but we got everything you need. And, you know, and it's all good just for you to go all in for Jesus. So today is your day, and we're excited to celebrate with you. Amen. One more time. Come on, let's welcome everyone that's joining us here at LifePoint this morning. I want to take this time to just thank you guys for continuously making a big difference in the lives of others through your faithful tithing and giving. Whether you give on our website, on our app, in the mail, or if you drop off in a box in the lobby, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I serve as worship and, and experience pastor. And what that means is that I get to oversee the training and development of all of our worship teams, uh, you know, singers, musicians, all the songs that we sing, that we write, uh, that's a privilege that I get to serve in. And also experience means all of our services. So Sunday morning services, Tuesday morning prayer. A lot of people don't know that every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock we have a prayer service and there's people that gather in here. We have a full worship team and we, it's an incredible time that we get to come together and pray and seek the Lord. So that happens and we have our events and other gatherings that happen. So I, I get to oversee that and help with the planning with our teams. And uh, it, you know, and what I love about our church is that we just don't do things just to do it. And, and that's not our goal. Our goal is not to entertain you, to keep you busy, to keep you occupied, you know, to give you time to go and leave your kids. No, everything we do is to point people to Jesus. And I love that we filter all of our decisions through number one, the Holy Spirit, come on. And then we have our mission, we have a vision and our core values. And if you don't know what those are, you can talk to our team about next steps and they'll tell you more about that. But our mission, if you already know it, is to develop fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So everything we do, from the songs that we sing to the events that we host, to, you know, to the messages that we share from this platform, to the heart behind small group, 
small groups, is to lead people to Jesus and to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So this is my challenge to you. I wanna encourage you, if LifePoint is your home church, pray for everything that we do. Pray for all the things that we do. It's easy to be like, oh, they got something else is going on. No, pray for everything that we do. Because every gathering, every service, every small group, every outing is an opportunity for somebody to encounter Jesus Christ and for them to have their life transformed by him. Amen. I want you guys to check out this video. Hi, my name is Sindel. My husband and I have been coming to LifePoint for almost a year now. God has done amazing things through my life and my family's life through LifePoint Church. And this is my story. In December of 2017, I had a miscarriage that was pretty rough. Uh, and then in 2018, in September, I had another miscarriage. And after that, I was kind of at an all-time low, and I was like, okay, I need some help. We didn't want to attend church, or couldn't find one, rather. And so I went to therapy. And in between the course of 2018 and 2020, I saw multiple therapists, psychologists. I was just alone and felt unlovable, um, unlikable, unworthy, really. And I um, considered taking my own life every day and just figured people would just be better off without me. I never went through it, thank God. And things got a little bit better, but then in November, they started to get worse again. I was talking to my therapist one day and she suggested that I should go to LifePoint. And my husband and I came, not sure what to expect. This church was a little bit bigger than we had been used to. And we came and sat in the service one Sunday they announced women's night and i was like well i haven't been we're new i want to go check this event out so i went all by myself i walked in and after everything that i'd been through the years prior i just felt like i had all this weight that i was carrying around on my shoulders and it was just it was heavy and i, I couldn't carry it and i was struggling to just do life every day and i walked in carrying all that baggage and I had tried everything that the world had to offer and still no help. So that night I sat through service and listened to the talking and the preaching and listened to worship. And that night, Pastor Stephanie mentioned that Jesus wants to help you with your baggage. And at this point I had done everything. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll give it a shot. I felt the tug of you know, the Holy Spirit saying, hey, come to me, I'll help. And that night I, I just, I gave my baggage to God. Jesus has changed my entire life and I'm completely grateful every day for that. Amen, amen. Hey, we're all about changed lives, amen. And again, thank you for your giving because of your generosity. We're able to have church. We're able to host life-changing events. And together, we're making a difference, amen, in our community and in our world, amen. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands together and thank the Lord. Are you guys ready for the word? All right, I, I'm ready. Here we go. Here we go. Y'all have grace on me. Here we go. As you heard last week, Pastor Jordan mentioned that we were in a summer series, so we're taking a break. For those of you that have just recently joined us, we've been in a series 
in the book of Acts since Easter of 2021, and we've been going verse by verse, breaking down, sometimes even word by word, and it's incredible just what you get when you actually go more in depth into the word of God, amen. Uh, today's going to be a little different, and obviously throughout the next few weeks, but uh, I, I want to take this moment just to say thank you to our pastors, to Pastor Mike, Pastor Stephanie, thank you for this opportunity, for trusting me, and for allowing me to share my heart uh, with our church, and thank you guys for allowing me to be here, and you know, and and praise the Lord. God's, God's good. Amen. Um, I just want to say a quick prayer before we begin. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for this moment together as your church. I pray that you soften our hearts, open our eyes. Let us recognize your voice when you speak to us. Lord, here I am. Use me for your glory. May people see you, Jesus. Experience your grace and presence in your name, we pray. Amen. And for those of you that are note-takers uh, and you're writing, taking notes, uh, today's title is called Lifeguard on Duty. Lifeguard on Duty. And it's, it's summertime here in America, and tomorrow we celebrate Independence Day. And people are hitting up the pools and traveling to beach towns all around our country because it is hot. Is, how many agree that it's hot and muggy and it's not, it doesn't feel that great? But if you jump in the pool, it feels all better. And one thing that you see that's in common at the beach and at the at public pools is you see lifeguards, right? And what is a lifeguard? Lifeguards rescue people in need. They help prevent people from getting hurt or into further danger. They can influence the boundaries that people have for fun and recreation for safety purposes. Um, we lived, my family and I, we lived in Australia for over four years before we moved to Clarksville. And we loved going to the beach because... When you live in Australia, mate, you go to the beach, right? You got to. It's, a, it's what you do. You go and you get a tan. I can't get more tan. But uh, you go to the beach. And there was the lifeguards, you know, they, they were busy there. Like, I'm from L.A., and I'd go to the beach in L.A., and, like, they're just hanging out in their tower. But in Australia, like, there's rip currents and sharks and jellyfish. And so they're constantly making and monitoring and making sure that it's safe to get in the water. And they put flags up, right? So sometimes the flags are, like, from here to those buckets. And... Like you have like a hundred people in just one little section and sometimes they open it up. But the purpose of that is because they're monitoring and making sure that it's safe for people to be in the water, right? The rip currents, sometimes it don't matter how strong you swim or if you're the best surfer, whatever. If you get caught in the rip current, it just takes you out. It's like it shoots you out into the ocean. So they, they try to prevent that from happening. Lifeguards rescue people in need, right? Here's the heart of today's message in a nutshell. And then I'm going to continue on. God has called us to partner with him on a very specific rescue mission to lead people out of the bondage of sin. Humanity is lost, humanity is broken, but there is hope, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And usually on Sundays, like I mentioned earlier, we go through a portion of scripture, and we go and we break it down word by word, which allows us to better understand the context of what we're studying. But this morning, I'm going to use several scriptures that I'm going to use as a reference to help support the heart of today's message. So I want to encourage you, if you're writing them down, you can study the scriptures in more in depth later in your small group or in your personal devotional time. But I want to begin first by introducing a very important character to our message. This individual was born a Hebrew, survived a mass killing. The Pharaoh at the time of his birth was attempting to control the growing Hebrew population, and he feared an uprising so he set out a mandate that all firstborn Hebrew boys would be thrown into the Nile and seen to their death. As a newborn, he was, obviously he was hidden, his, mo his mother hid him for three months, and then she made a little basket that would float and she put him in it and she let him float down the Nile River. 
Pharaoh's daughter would be the one to rescue him out of the Nile and eventually adopt him as her own. This individual was raised as a prince of Egypt. And by now, most of you know exactly who I'm referring to. His name is Moses. As prince of Egypt, Moses had access to the best of the best, the best education, best living quarters, the best meals, best skills training, best attire. He had it all. Acts 7 verse 22 says, Moses was taught all of the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. So my man Moses was set. He was hooked up. Moses eventually became aware that he was born a Hebrew, and one day he witnessed an Egyptian taskmaster brutally beating a Hebrew slave. Moses reacts and murders the taskmaster, and he murders him and buries his body, and then out of fear that Pharaoh would have him killed, Moses flees out into the wilderness where he would eventually settle down, get married, start a family, and live the simple life of a shepherd. One day, as he was herding his flock of sheep, God reveals himself to Moses in a burning bush. And this is where God recruits Moses to be part of his rescue mission and to see the Israelites freed from the oppression of Egypt out of slavery and to lead them to the promised land. And eventually, for those of us that know the story, we see Moses just, all that comes to pass. He leads them out of Egypt through the wilderness and they get to the promised land, right? And, and by the way, did you know that it's at the burning bush that God reveals his name to, Mo, to, to humanity for the first time? He reveals himself as Yahweh. This is the first time in scripture that we see that. And did you know that Yahweh, mighty is his name, by our very own LifePoint Creative, is available on Apple Music and Spotify and every streaming platform that you use? <laughs> I had to. They gave me a mic. I had to. Hey. So, all right, let's reel it back. So that's just a quick snapshot of the story of Moses, right? But there's a lot more that happens in the details. So if you have your Bible or your, or your Bible app, I want you to turn to the book of Exodus chapter 4. And while you're doing that, just for a bit of context, uh, the converse, this, what's happening here is God is having a conversation. So beginning in chapter 3, God begins to talk to Moses in the burning bush. And he's telling him, hey, like, I need you to go and set my people free. You know, and you guys have seen the movie. And then he starts saying, no, I can't do this. And he starts feeling inadequate. And this is what takes place. So chapter 4, verse 2. So God said, what's that in your hand? And Moses replies, a staff. God tells him, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. And then it says, Moses jumped back fast. How many people love snakes in this room? Yeah, that's just a few. The rest of us would do exactly what Moses did and jump back. And then verse 4, God said to Moses, reach out and grab it by the tail. He reached out, grabbed it, and he was holding his staff again. And then God tells him this, and, and this is key. And God tells him, that's so they will trust that God appeared to you, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. There are several stories throughout the Bible where we see men and women do amazing things with the help and intervention of the Spirit of God. But I love, what I love about this moment in this particular scripture is just the honesty and the transparency between the, between the conversation of Moses and God, just how God's, you know, the great I am, Yahweh, and he's ready to roll out this awesome rescue mission. And he's asking Moses to go, regardless of his fears, regardless of his past, regardless of his own insecurities. And Moses is able to be honest. And he's like, but, but, and he just questions and he asks God. A lot of times we feel like, like no, it's like a one-way thing, right? And like God said, do this and you got to do it. No, it's a relationship. And I love that in Exodus 
God already showed us that this is a relationship. From the very beginning, God showed us that this is a relationship thing. He's not here to just beat us down. It's a relationship. I love that. And then so God, like the good father that he is, he is able to affirm Moses. He affirms him first by earning his trust, by revealing himself, number one, supernaturally in the bush, and also by showing him that miracle of turning his staff into a snake. This is God showing him like, hey, you, this is not by your own strength. I got you. Look, I got you. And he gives Moses that encouragement. Moses, all right, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. So let's go back to verse 2. God tells Moses, what's in your hand? So just like God asked Moses, what's in your hand? I want to ask you, church, what's in your hand? When you look at your hands, what do you see? And I want everyone in the room, everybody at Austin P online, everyone, just put your hands up like this. What's in your hands? I want you to look at your hands. And when you look at your hands, metaphorically speaking, what do you see? What has God placed in your hands? For some of us, it might be clear. There's people that, yeah, I know I, I can do this. God's giving me this. And there's others that we feel like, yeah, I don't think God will ever give me something of value. But I believe that God has equipped and placed in every one of our hands a unique story. God has given us a unique story. How many of you love a great story? Amen. The Harvard Business Review says story is the most powerful tool we have in our hand to change belief, behavior, and attitude. I love that the ministry of Jesus is filled with stories and parables in which Jesus is able to share the heart of the Father in ways that the simplest of people could understand. Your story is filled with a unique cast of characters, friends and family members, villains and heroes that make our lives both bitter and sweet. We all have crazy family members. <laughs> you might be the crazy family member, just saying. <laughs> our experiences are different in many ways, culturally, economically, generationally. Our stories are filled with mountaintop moments and valley lows, moments of, that are full of laughter, full of joy, yet with the reality of pain, some with more pain than others. Right now, we're all sharing in this very same experience. Some of you are watching online. Some of you are at Austin P. We're in this room. Same experience, but a different path. We all have our unique fingerprints, and I love that that's the beauty of God's creation, that we all have a very unique fingerprint, a very unique story. I once was lost. I once was blind, but then I met a man named Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on. He picked me up. He turned me around. He set my feet on solid ground. He turned my mourning into dancing. He turned my shame into praise. Come on. He turned my sorrow into joy. You got a reason to praise him. Come on and praise him right now. If he's been good to you, if he's changed your life, come on. Amen. Jesus, hope, enters the pages of our story. Our story is powerful. Your God-given story has the ability to change not just your life, but the lives of others, of those that are present and those that are to come. Sindel, who so graciously shared her story on video earlier, the first time that she shared her story with me, I was like, man, I feel your pain. Like, like it, it, you know, it's not cool, like all the things she experienced. But at the same time, I was elated because I, I, I now know and I see how God has transformed her life and how he has just changed everything. And she, and she didn't say it in the video, but she no longer needs to go to therapy. She no longer does any of that. She, Jesus completely has healed her. Amen. Come on. 
Jesus took her baggage and she has this newfound joy and her story matters because there's people listening right now online in this room, in our world, that feel exactly like how Sindel felt, hopeless and lost, but Sindel met Jesus. And just how he transformed her from the inside out, just how he turned her sorrows into joy, he can do it for you. I want you to tell your neighbor, he can do it for you. Now tell the other neighbor that you ignored and tell him he can do it for you too. <laughs> I really think we should get t-shirts that say, Jesus is my therapist, just saying. Uh, that'd be fun. Um, you know, I was talking with Pastor Jordan and Pastor Aaron about our young adults, and we were talking about how this generation is considered the fatherless generation. And statistics show that children without their father or a father figure in their life are faced with several challenges just, just growing up and doing life. And I know that that's, I know that's a, a statistic. I know that's that, and people are resilient and people overcome, right? But that's the, the point I'm trying to make is this, okay? What if those of us with a little bit more gray in our beard, a little more wisdom in our hair, with a little more experience in life, would take the time to share our stories with the next generation? They need mentors. They need role models. It's easy to fall into this trap where we think that, hey, I'm not cool enough. Like, they're too cool. Like, they're too hip. I don't got a TikTok. What's TikTok? TikTok. TikToks. Like, what? Like, it's easy to fall into that trap, right? But this, listen to me. The truth is they don't need cool. They don't need us to look like them. Our students and our young adults, they, they need God-fearing, Holy Spirit role models that will take the time to speak into their future, to speak into their marriages, to speak into the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm saying all this, but please don't be weird and start going up to people like, hey. Like, like no, use wisdom, exercise wisdom. If you feel God stirring in your heart that you need to speak into our next generation, talk to Pastor Jure. How can I serve with our students? How can I speak into their life? If you want to speak to our young adults, talk to Pastor Jordan and Aaron. And, and hey, how can I get involved? There's young married couples in our church that are doing life all by themselves. They're doing life by themselves. They got a little kid, two kids. There's a lot of us in the room. We got experience. You can share like, hey, when I had my second kid, when I had my third kid, when I had my 10th kid, if you have 10 kids, that's your thing. We stopped at three, and that's it, you know? But we need to speak into their future, amen? Join a small group. Get to know those in your small group and how you can better serve those in your small group because small groups are the best thing that we do here at LifePoint, amen? Imagine a conversation with Moses. Imagine the stories that he has to tell after all of his mistakes, his own personal doubts and unbeliefs. God still chose him, and he used him to do great things, the burning bush, the plagues, leading millions through the wilderness, witnessing God's provision daily. We all have a story to share. For years, I struggled accepting the fact that God had given me my story because I thought it wasn't exciting enough. See, I, I grew up in church, I grew up in church, and by the grace of God, I never got into drugs or, or drinking or mixed with the wrong crowd, right? But my life hasn't been perfect, but I don't have the crazy transformational life story like, like Moses, like he was the prince of Egypt, and then he went into the wilderness, and then, you know, killed someone, and God redeemed him. I don't have that. Like, I can't say it. I went from pimp to pastor, from hustling on the streets to hustling for Jesus. Like, it's not me. That's not my story. And I'm okay with that. 
I, I always wanted this exaggerated life story like, yeah, I need this crazy testimony. What could I do? But it's not me. It's not what God intended for me. God gave me my story, a very specific story for a specific purpose that's greater than myself. During worship today, I, 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 I was worshiping with all of you. And I was in awe of God as I watched my 13-year-old son playing the drums with all of his heart. And he was just going and hitting them like too hard, but he was loving Jesus. <laughs> and I know we'll get an email like, hey, that drummer needs to, I, I love it. I love it. And I remember when I was 12 and I started playing in church, I was playing the congas. And, and you know, my story might not seem exciting to me. But if it leads my children to Jesus, it's more than enough. Your story, if it can lead others to Christ, it's more than enough. I want to encourage you, write your story down. There is value in your story. And tell God, hey, here it is. Use it for your glory. The second thing that God has given every one of us is a gift. You have a gift from God. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I often get to speak with creatives, and I, I share how our gifts are a vehicle. It's a vehicle for opportunities, how, um, you know, and this applies to everyone. Our gifts serve as a vehicle that allow us to get within close proximity of those that might never come to church. They might never step foot in a building, but, you know, from writing songs to building furniture, building homes, cooking a hearty meal, from just showing people love and care and hospitality, those are gifts. And it's through your gifts that we're able to get close to people and just share the love of Christ, amen? We're able to display God's creative genius and, and just his awesomeness. And our gifts in action allow others to see the Jesus that we talk about. Sometimes you don't have to talk about it. You just got to live it out. I love seeing our dream team in action. Our, our dream team is made up of volunteers from all walks of life. And, you know, Bonnie and Alan they, they serve at our Austin P campus, and, and they, they weekly, weekly, this means like every week, right? They're serving and loving on our young adults and taking care of them and letting them gather in small groups. And, and if there's food involved, they're all over it, and they go all out. And so today, first Sunday at Austin P, they're going to throw it down. So some of you might leave here and go to Austin P after service. Sister Lisa, who serves as an online host faithfully, serves those of you on our online campus there's some weeks where she's not feeling well but she's able to get on her laptop and she's praying for you guys and just serving you however she can and we're grateful for her faithfulness and uh, victoria who serves in kid point in our special needs class she's the mother of five one of her own children's autistic her husband's in military and is deploying very often but she's faithfully here serving our kids in kid point and she even started a small group for special need families amen and during every service, and a lot of people don't know this, during every single service, there's a group of dream teamers that gather. They gather together and they're praying. So there's people right now as I'm speaking, they're praying for you. They're praying for the word. They're praying that God just transform lives, for people's lives to be changed, for needs to be met. They're praying for the prayer requests that are sent into our church. So, you know, you don't see them, but they're putting their faith into action. Amen. Here at LifePoint, we believe it's important for you to discover your purpose and identity and identify your spiritual gifts. And if this is something that you struggle with and you're like, oh, I've never even thought of that. Like, what am I gifted in? What can I do? That's what we're here for. We want to help you identify that because we want you to walk in your God-given purpose. So if that's something you want, 
you're curious about, talk to me, talk to one of our team you know, after the service at the big red wall. In your hands, you stored your story and your gift, a tool that when you surrender this to God, it can bear witness to the world that God is real, that he's good, that he is just. Your gift, a vehicle that grants you the privilege of displaying the heart of God on earth through your service and actions. I've been in full-time ministry for a little over 20 years. I know I look younger, but I've been in ministry for a long time. Um, and the majority of my experience has been around worship, the creative arts, production. And uh, I remember when I first started, I would spend a lot of time just, God, like, help me, Lord, who do I talk to, where do I go? And just, I needed direction, and I would go to God and stuff. The longer I've done this and the more familiar I got with it, like, I became a lot more self-dependent. So this is a confession. I began, I began doing things because I knew how to do them, right? And I always want the best for our church. Like, regardless where I've served in the past, like, I always wanted the best experience. So I would read books. I would go to conferences. I would network with other pastors and to see what they're doing, what's the newest and the latest and the greatest thing, right? And then so I go to this conference in Atlanta. It's 2011, this creative leadership conference. And there's a speaker there, and again, I'm there trying to learn and just grow, and what am I going to take back to my church, right? Because that's what we do when we go to conferences. We want to learn. And he starts saying, there's some of you, you go to every conference. I'm like, oh, oh. You read every book. I'm like, Lord, what are you saying? And you're looking for answers all the time. And then he says this phrase that has changed my life forever. He says, but since when is Jesus not enough? Since when is Jesus not enough? And I remembered this weight lifted, and I began to weep like a baby. Like, again, I'm in this arena, 16,000 people. I was sitting by the steps, and I just got up, and in the middle of this preacher's message, I just run down to the front. I just get on my face before the Lord, and I'm like, God, I am sorry, because I've been trying to do this on my own. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. I'm going to say it one more time. Jesus is enough. Amen. And for me, this moment, this right here, this moment, this was like my, my, my Moses moment, like where his staff turns into a snake. This was God reminding me like, hey, I got you. This was never intended to be on your own strength. I got you. I am more than enough. And write this down if you're taking notes. The outcome of my assignment isn't dependent on my abilities, but rather on my availability it has nothing to do with what I'm capable of, but it has everything to do with if I'm willing and available before God. God will take whatever I have and he will use it for his glory, amen. And God is seeking vessels that say, here I am, Lord. Amen, I wanna show you this quick example. You guys know what this is, it's a, a bottle of water. And you know, water is valuable, how many agree with that? It's, it's a necessity, and people around the world will go to great lengths to acquire water. Water is life-giving. It can save your life. It quenches your thirst. It keeps you hydrated. But it's not the bottle itself that makes, you know, that's valuable. The bottle itself is not valuable. If there was a puddle of water, people would, you know, get on their knees and drink it. If you've ever been out, like, hiking and there's, like, a little stream and it's real hot, you just start pouring water on you. It doesn't matter if it's in a bottle or not. You know, and just this plastic bottle, according to The Economist, costs three cents to produce. But we're willing to pay on an average two to three dollars at the gas station. And if you go to theme parks or the movie theater, you're willing to pay five to ten dollars, you know. And, you know, but again, it's not the bottle that makes the water valuable. 
but it's the water in the bottle that gives the bottle its worth. And I want you to think about that and how this applies to yourself. It's not the bottle that makes the water valuable, but it's the water in the bottle that gives the bottle its worth. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Again, it's not us. This is God through us. We are vessels, and people will embrace us as a vessel. You know, when people are desperate and dying of thirst, it doesn't matter if you have water in a big, yellow, ugly mop bucket, you know, or a four-gallon jug, or even if it's a red solo cup. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because people will embrace the vessel as long as the content within it is life-giving. If the content within this cup, it don't matter what, like, people, I, I, don't, I, don't, but people, I don't look like you, pastor. I, I don't look like a pre- If the content within the vessel is life-giving, people will embrace it. People will embrace what God has given you. Be a life-giving vessel. Be a vessel that's willing to lead others to Jesus. Everything we need, God will and has supplied it. Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. He lives in you. So you have this unique God-given story and you have a gift from God and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. So yes, God can use you for his glory if you are willing and available to be used by him, amen? Come on, if you're willing to just serve the Lord and you love him, come on, put your hands together. And let's thank him right now. And again, like I mentioned earlier, my family and I, we lived in Australia and, you know, talked about the beach and everything. And every, every summer at the beach, um, there's this program that they have all across Australia. And it's called Nippers, Nippers, or Little Nippers. And what this pretty much is, it's a, a junior lifeguard program. And the, the purpose of it is to educate children on how to play at the beach safely. Again, it's really dangerous, so they wanna make sure that they're safe, right? And so a friend of mine was telling me a story of how him and his family were at the beach, and it was a Saturday, so you know the Little Nippers, Junior Lifeguards, they were training. It's, it's pretty intense, it's like crazy stuff. They, they do really cool stuff. And he sees that they're training, and they're running up and down the beach, right? And then, he says, the irony was that while I was watching them train, just beyond them, there was a person with their hand out above the water yelling for help, and they were drowning. And then he says this, they were so busy with their practice that they could, couldn't see what was happening right next to them. Are we so busy practicing? We're waiting for the right time while others are running out of time? Are we so busy practicing church, practicing being good Christians, and so distracted going through the motions that while we're practicing, humanity's drowning? We're on a rescue mission. We are on a rescue mission. Jesus comes down to earth from heaven, becomes man to experience life as we would. He lives for 33 years, and when it came time to initiate the rescue mission, his story became the story. He submits his story and his gifts to the Father for his will to be done for the sake of humanity, for you and me. And he becomes the ultimate sacrifice by which we are forgiven and made righteous. 
John 3.16 verse 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, in order that they may be rescued. Just like Moses, God has commissioned each of us as Christians to go on a rescue mission, to rescue the lost. God has called us to rescue those in the fog of sin. They can't see. They can't see, but we can. What did Pastor Jordan say last week? That we're called to be the salt and the what? And the light. We're to shine our light for those that can't see. We are to partner with God on this rescue mission. We can't change people, but we can lead them to the one that can change them. And his name is Jesus. Mark 16 says, go into all of the world, and this is Jesus speaking. Go into all of the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Will be saved. And in closing, I just want to remind you of what we've talked about today. Your story and your gift. What's in your hand? We all have a story to share. We all have a gift to utilize for the kingdom of God. Whether you find yourself in a palace or in a desert, hey, God wants to use you. And he wants you to share what he's placed in your hands. Since when is Jesus not enough? When you find yourself in a situation where you just don't know what to do and what am I going to do? I hope that that just resonates in your spirit just the way it continues. It's been over 10 years and that just anytime I feel like I don't know what to do, I just, I'm reminded since when is Jesus not enough? And I'm reminded instead of trying it on my own strength to turn to him. And finally, as Christians, as the salt and light of the world, as lifeguards in a world where people are drowning, are we prepared to get out of our, our lifeguard chair and to get into the waters where the people are, to live out this rescue mission and to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone? For some, this is a commission. For some, this is something where like, I never knew I, never knew I had something to offer. But you have a lot to offer. You have a lot to offer. In God's hands, he can do beautiful things. He takes ashes and makes beautiful things. Amen. We're about to close in just a moment, but I want, to, I want us to pray. Can we close our eyes? I want to give us an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. We all have a story and the chapters of our life are still being written. But maybe hope has yet to enter into the, into the pages of your life. You've lived up to this point doing things your way. But today you've listened to this message and the time has come for you to say, yes, Jesus, yes. If that's you online or in this room, this moment is between you and God, so please, nobody looking around. If you would like to say yes to Jesus today and invite him into your life, would you do me a favor and just raise one hand as a sign of acknowledgement that you say, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. Come on, just raise your hand really high. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I want us to say this prayer together as well. Everyone in the room, come on, declare this together. Say, God, I believe what I've heard. Come on, say it out loud. Say, God, I believe what I've heard, and I receive the word of God in my life. Let it speak to me. Let it transform me. Let it change me from this day forward. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died and rescued me from my sin, that he raised from the dead, and I believe today 
hope has entered my story. Come on, say this out loud. Say, God, I'm all in. I'm all yours forever. Use my story. Use my gifts that you may receive all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise.